It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so-called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanic. Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name is Mike Brammer. Joining me, Ed Jordanic, also joining us from IndyNation.com. Mike Coffee, as we kick off, I don't even know what this is, like 15th, 16th, 17th year, something like that. It's been a while. So we're about the only ones that can say that, I'm pretty sure. Um, but anyways, let's get into it. I mean, it, it, lo and behold, it's upon us. I can't even believe that, that we're two days away from uh, Notre Dame football kicking off. Um, lots of big question marks. Ed, I'll just ask you right point blank. My, my two biggest concerns probably are wide receivers and defensive ends or not, not necessarily defensive end. I think it's the whole defensive line, quite honestly. Those, for me, are kind of the big, huge, I think, keys to how well we end up doing is how quickly those guys can make some uh, make some impact, you know, from those positions. Um, that's my big concern. Do you agree with that? Do you think there's other concerns, or do you think? I don't know. In my experience, like, you know, going in, the things that are, seen as concerns end up just fine and the things that are assumed to be okay are end up <laughs> causing problems um i mean i you know i think that it's going to take a little bit for you know you've got two guys that have really never played in a game uh, you know starting a guard um coogan and uh spindler and so that i think um is something that we got to watch i mean we're just assuming that this is going to be an excellent offensive line and it may well be but maybe not until week five or six um or, you know, these two guys might not be the answer. They may be, you know, on the bench as quickly as they, you know, pretty soon. So you just don't know until they get into the line of fire um, if, it's a, if it's the right five, you know, if they, if they gel. Um, besides that, I think, uh, you know, we have very experienced uh, linebackers, but I wouldn't describe any of them as great athletes. I think Kaiser and Bertrand and Leofau are, are solid, and I think their heads will probably um, make plays, but I'm not sure their bodies are going to be able to keep up with some of the, some of the teams that will play, especially like Ohio state and, you know, USC and, and a couple others. I mean, I, again, I, so I, I tend to think that, you know, we've got some really good athletes at, at wide receiver. I mean, they are so lucky to be able to, um, you know, have an experienced quarterback throwing to them. I'm going to be really disappointed if, if they don't develop quickly and become an asset because, I mean, there's no excuse for them not to. I mean, run route, catch ball. I mean, wide receiver is not, <laughs> you know, the hardest position on the field by a long shot. Um, and these guys are, are long, they're fast, you know, they've got a lot of raw ability and they're going to have, you know, they're not stepping into a situation. Like if Tyler Buckner was the quarterback, you know, I'd have. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just never either. quite sure where the ball is going to go. Yeah. But if, if if Hartman is as accurate as we've seen him be in the past, and there's no reason to believe he wouldn't be, you know, I think the receivers could could end up being a an asset pretty quickly just because they've got uh, you know they've got talent. Well, I think Har Hartman's definitely capable of throwing in space. That's that's for sure. And I think I think you're right. It's going to be disappointing if these guys don't adjust because 
they do have a, a top-notch quality guy that can definitely air it out. Coffee, you know, last year when we went into the season, we we were all of us kind of agreeing that there probably was going to be one or two games that we might lose because of the inexperience of Marcus Freeman. Um, and lo and behold, that that looked like it reared its ugly head. Is that a concern at all this year, do you think? I mean, is it still kind of early for him? Is I don't, I don't know myself, but I kind of feel – that we're going to know a heck of a lot after Saturday. Um, well, this is a, this is going to be a challenging game. I certainly think so, but I also think that um, I I certainly take Ed's point about I mean, this may be a great offensive line. It may be game four until they gel, but this time around, game four is the first, or game four, or game five is the first tough game that I shouldn't say first tough game we're playing, but the first truly outstanding team we're going to play. It's not like we have to go into Columbus. Uh, to open the season this time we're playing we've got navy and tennessee state to kick off the season and i think if a, a decently coached notre dame team will be able to use both those games as the warm-ups they should be so if there are positions that need to get their feet under them well you've got two what should be overmatched opponents uh to get those feet down because yeah. i think uh, while navy might be a little more talented than tennessee state Navy's breaking in a new head coach uh, who was their defensive coordinator. Uh, they don't have the athleticism on either side of the ball, at least from what I can tell, that usually gives Notre Dame trouble. I think that if this game was being played in Notre Dame Stadium, I'd, I'd predict like 54 to nothing or something. But, you know, going over to another continent and whatnot can introduce some some variables, no doubt about it. But I I think, in, in, in answer to your question, I think Marcus Freeman learned a lot last year. And the good news is he's got four games to open the season where we will have a, an equal talent level or a greater talent level than our opponent. So there's no reason to think, oh, we're, we're going into a tough environment or we're going up against a really super talented team. We've got four or five games to iron that out before – uh, Ohio State comes to town. So I I don't know if we're necessarily going to learn anything in the first four games, but I think we're definitely going to see it um, in the fifth. I don't know, Ed. I mean, I kind of think that uh, just the way that we show up on Saturday, you know, how crisp are we? How, how intense are we? How, you know, all those kinds of things that you expect to see in a game like this where we're, we're clearly the better team. I mean, I do think Navy always presents problems. The good news for us is, I mean, we've had multiple weeks to prepare for this. So, you know, it's not like they're wedged into the middle of the season where we only have that one week to focus on this. So I think that's a big advantage to us just because of that. And I, I got to believe that with just hopefully what the, the energy and the excitement that we see right from the first snap might tell us a lot about where this team's at. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think, um, you know, certainly from the quotes that I've, I've read this week, Marcus Freeman agrees with you. You know, he'd much rather play Navy first every season than, you know, week seven or eight or, or whatever. It, it gives them a chance to to uh, drill on this stuff and then flush it really quickly um, because it is a unique uh, week of preparation. Um, and then, you know, I mean, the the uh, um, the 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 Navy is Navy, you know, you worry about injuries always with Navy, right. You know, and the, yeah. and the way they play, obviously they, 
we had no answer for them in the second half last year, and they they made us look really silly. Um, you know, sending the house. I don't think they can do that um, to this team. The other thing I think is is this will be a game where our experience in the back seven will um, will help. Um, you know, Bertrand, Leofau, Kaiser, they've all played against this type of triple option enough where they can. Um, I think be real leaders and get people, you know, in their right places and, and Hart and Morrison, I think are just, you know, they're going to be superior to any receiver that, that Navy has to throw out there. So I think it's going to be much, very much a mental game, right? When you play Navy, you've got to be, you've got to be assignment correct. You've got to follow the game plan. You've got to be aware of the trick play or of the little wrinkle um, that you didn't prepare for. Um, so you know, I expect I expect good things, um, but uh, you know, who know who knows? Uh, yeah, like you said, you know, you got you got to come out ready to play. And uh, yeah, it's a, you got to win that first down. That's for sure because you get them. Navy gets into second and four and look out. I mean, that's going to be a problem for us all day long. If, if somehow we can stuff that first down and get them in a second and eight um, and no better than that. That's where I think you're right. The experience comes in, and, and they've and got we a good be... fullback again, right? I mean, they've got a yeah. good fullback. And yeah, and I mean, Navy's always disciplined too. I mean, the, the thing about that is, when you go to disciplined football team, they're not going to be making a ton of mistakes. You know, um, yeah. now they don't have the, quite the athletes that that we have, but usually that that is what keeps Navy in games is their ability to to be disciplined and then control the football, um, and so that that way defensively we've got to be disruptive there's we can play it straight up but you have to you you have to attack that kind of an offense at certain points and um getting them in the the third and long is going to be key right. um you know just out of curiosity coffee what so i know you you threw out there 54 nothing i mean obviously that's not going to happen in ireland but what would be kind of like disappointing for you in terms of what kind of score this game ends up resolving when are you pretty much happy with the W? Well, I think, well, what's really going to disappoint me is if Sam Hartman's still playing in the second half, but I think um, <laughs> what, what I really want to see more than anything, as you said, controlling first down is key. Taking the fullback away is key. I, I want to see them force Navy into passing. I want to, because that that's, I, I don't think Navy's going to win the game passing like that. I think they're going to, uh, as you said, if they if they can get ball control, a lot of second and fours and stuff like that, there's going to be, uh, there could be some trouble for us. I, I think, honestly, I, I would like ND to be up like at least four scores beginning of the second half. That would be, I, I and win the game going away. Now, if they, if the scrubs play most of the second half and Navy creeps back a little bit, that's fine. But, you know, it's, I, I, I want to see evidence that Notre Dame took control of the game from the get-go and didn't take their foot off the gas the whole way the whole way down. Yeah, I, I do think what you know just with the offense we've got and having a guy like Hartman back there, um, it seems like in years past when we've struggled with Navy, it's because we couldn't air it out. We couldn't just you know sling it, and um, and I think that's what that caused problems for us. Um, and and our inability to move the football. I mean, we'd go three and out, and it was just like you hung your head because we didn't touch the ball for another ten minutes. 
Um, I, I, I don't I, I don't think that's going to happen. At least it seems like on paper that's not going to happen. Um, but just because of the situation we're in with these guys being so new, um, you got guys. I mean, Tobias really didn't play that much last year. I mean, he, he saw a little bit of action, but not really. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be it's going to take a little while to get him. Probably a big, huge key to the passing game is going to be Audric Estime. I mean, how effective is he at carrying a majority of the load? Because I kind of do feel like they're, he's probably going to get 60, 70 percent of the carries, wouldn't you think? I mean, I got to believe that I got to believe they're going to weigh pretty heavily on him, especially against Navy as my gut. I mean, I guess I could well, be wrong. About he's that. the known commodity. I mean, he's. He's he's a guy who's coming back who has all the experience and played so well last year. I think uh, at the very least, I think Estimate is going to be leaned on at the beginning. It'd be great to see a couple of the other backs get involved, which I think if they can get out ahead and take the pressure off, you'll see a lot of the younger kids be able to get some chances and uh, really make some very, very valuable experience because these first two games are tailor-made for a lot of guys to get snaps. And I think that that's really what matters just as much. Well, it, it doesn't matter more than winning the games, but I, I think beyond uh, them looking good and winning the games, it's a, a a way to get guys some reps and ensure against injuries later in the season. Yeah. And is anybody you're going to particularly pay attention to that you think might, might sneak up and, contribute and become a name i mean that always happens obviously every season but is there anybody you, you would project that that might steal some limelight a little bit that we don't know about um i mean you know i don't think anybody that we don't know about i'm really curious to see how they utilize tyree in the slot and sort of how that transition goes and if he's if he's uh a weapon um you know uh i think that's that's sort of interesting um you know, obviously, there's going to be a, a drop off at, at tight end. Um, I don't think losing Bauman helps either. I mean, he was he was pretty solid when he got on the field. Um, so we're going to have to see. You know, we haven't seen much of Stays. Apparently, he's you know taking a taking a leap or taking a step. So on offense, I think those 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 positions, tight end and sort of slot, are are interesting to me in the in the passing game, but also in the inline blocking game. You know, I mean, we. He sometimes took Mayer for granted, but he was a hell of a, he really worked on that and became, you know, uh, there are plenty of highlights of him just absolutely burying his guy and giving Estime an extra five yards, you know? So yeah, that is some truth. Yeah. Yeah. On defense, um, you know, I think the, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching and a lot of, uh, you know, options until they kind of figure out who they can rely on along the line. I mean, I think their first four are pretty, your first three or four are pretty set, you know, with Mills and Cross and Botello. Um, and then it's, you know, it's a bunch of other guys who don't have much game experience, but by all accounts are worthy of seeing the field in leverage, high leverage situations and, in, you know, in, in big spots. So, um, so that's going to be, you know, that's going to be pretty, pretty fascinating to me is, you know, who there's, like you said, there's always guys that step forward, right? You know, maybe it's uh um, you know, 44, the Hawaiian kid, I can't remember his name. Uh, you know, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's Jalen Sneed. Maybe we see that sort of, you know, sort of that, um, coming out party for him in one of these, one of these games. 
Um, but you have to have really good seasons from Mills and Botello and Cross um, to, you know, to compete this year. You just have to, I mean, they just have to be good. You know, they have to be uh, not just solid. I mean, they have to be really good college defensive linemen uh, for Notre Dame to, to, you know, have a chance at, at 10 and two. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, um, coffee, I, I like, uh, I mean, obviously Morrison is the real deal. I don't, I don't think that was any kind of a, um, fluke. Uh, he's a legit lockdown guy. Um, and I think Cam Hart, you know, you look at his size and everything and, and he's size wise, he's about as good as it gets a corner. Um, if he has a pretty good season, that's going to be, that's going to, bode well for us because it's not like people are going to be able to just pick on us. I think like in years past where we just didn't have guys that could lock guys up. And obviously that's going to be big against Ohio state. That's going to come into play against USC. Um, you know, th those are two offenses that tend to really air it out with elite guys. And I probably would say USC is going to be, might be the best that we'll see all year and might be in the top three in the country in terms of their ability to put produce points on the board. Sure. Um, they, I mean, they are absolutely loaded um, with, with big time talent at skilled position, but you but know, outside that, of that, is there anything sort of, Aren't they sort of like us? Like, in other words, they've got talent at receiver, but they haven't really played. Yeah, um, it's, it's have, you big, know, we'll, they've got a great quarterback. You know, we have a good quarterback, and they have a, a, a quote unquote talented, but sort of untested or inexperienced receiving core. Um, Ohio mm -hmm. State's kind of the opposite. You know, they have these five star yeah. receivers who are going to, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. and the other, whatever the other guy's name is, but they, you know, they don't know what they've got yet at quarterback. So exactly. it's kind of yeah. fascinating. You know, that's one of the things that I love about college football is you, you know, there's, there's, there's the turnover, right? You just, there's the, the, yeah. the personnel changes. Every year, you just can't sort of, you nope. know, write somebody in and pen that they're going to be a producer. You just don't know. Yeah. Um, and and I'd much rather face an Ohio State team that's got questions at quarterback than any other right. team that's got questions at wide receiver. I mean, right. the, the, the fact is Caleb Williams is a legit, legit NFL prospect that's going to be a lot yeah. of trouble for us. I mean, that's just yep. flat out. That's going to be a problem. Um, yep. But you're right. I think that Ohio State's in a – it'll be interesting – um, and I think we're going to know a lot once we get to that game because there's enough games before it. We're going to get a sense for where their quarterback is and, and what kind of situation they're in. But sure. outside of that, is there anything else, Coffee, that that you're looking at that you think might be interesting? Well, I've players that emerge. We, uh, we we talked about offensive line a couple times. I mean, just word on the street is uh, the coach they have now is like several steps beyond Harry Heastand as far as like engaging with his players and stuff like that. I think we're going to see a lot better play out of the line. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do because I, I think ironically playing ball control offense against Navy really hurts them more than anything else because they, they're going to, if they have scoring drives, it's going to take seven or eight or nine minutes for them to actually do that. If we then in turn, hold on to the ball for four or five minutes we're shortening the game. We've, we're really limiting what they can do. Possessions that end in scores is how you beat a triple option team. So I really want to see what kind of pass protection this line can give. Uh, statistically, Sam Hartman is outstanding 
uh, when he's got a pocket and he can find his receivers. Uh, so I want to see how the offensive line performs, and I want to see if Hartman is as good as advertised. I think yeah. if he's a if if we have a season where Sam Hartman is a Heisman Trophy finalist, I think we're going to be we're yep. all going to be very very happy humans. Yep, and that's a possibility. I, I do think that's a possibility. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, I think we're going to get a good sense this Saturday. Ed, you know, one of the things that, and I'll finish on this question, but one of the things that I think is just the, as a fan and a, and I'm normal fans, let's call them <laughs> as normal fans watch a football game. A lot of like way over emphasis is placed on the offensive coordinator, you know, Oh my God, that was a bad play call, right? Why did they do that? Why did they just call that? And of course, everybody says it after the play goes for like one or two yards, right? <laughs> but I mean, in this particular case, is that any kind of a concern for you at all going into this season with his lack of experience and and him being a really good buddy? I, I know that that topic is going to be played a bunch. Just sure. the fact that Freeman and him were good friends for a long time. And is this a buddy hiring a buddy or did, did Parker really earn that spot um is there I mean, anything you, that you're you're thinking I mean, there i mean you know what i where i come down on this i mean I'll, i've always thought that play calling is kind of the the thing that's sort of the most sort of over talked about you know it's it's execution i mean if you beat your man up front um whether you called a you know a dive or a slant or whatever i mean obviously play calling is is important and you have to you know i think all these guys are pretty good at sort of analyzing film and coming up with a game plan or whatever and so what you're talking about, I think, is really much more of an issue in in the bigger game, the closer game, right, where you've got to right. adjust on the fly. You've got to make adjustments. In a game against, like, Navy, Tennessee State, Central Michigan, it's about execution. You should be able to run the ball on these teams. You know, you should be able to get the ball to your receivers. It should be because you, have an, you can out-athlete them. I don't think play calling comes into it as much. Um, but as far as Parker goes, um, you know, I think he's got – I, I think he's, you know, listen, the rap on Tommy was that um, he was, you know, he wasn't too far removed from Chip Long in terms of how his guys uh, liked being around him, <laughs> you right. know, like, uh, right. so, uh, and, you know, and he'll learn from that. Um, you know, I think he'll be a better coach, you know, because of that. Um, but, you know, the thing on Parker is, is that he's, he's, uh, you know, he's a player's first kind of guy. Uh, we'll see where that goes. I think it's a really good combo, you know, that his first, you know, I, I, I think it was written this week and I totally agree with that. Like, we're not going to really know how good of an offensive coordinator is until next year. Yeah, <laughs> because, <right. laughs> because Sam Hartman's going to cover up a lot of mistakes that he may make. <laughs> Um, or make him look really good, maybe better than he actually is. You know, it's, it's so it's going to be hard. I mean, I think taking a taking an Angeli to the next level, or taking a Kenny Minchie, or turning C.J. Carr into a terrific quarterback as a freshman, or something like that. Now that will be, you know, that will be just more impressive and and sort of more sort of evidence that you know that he's not only the right guy for the job, but you know, a real a real find. So. And there'll be more turnover on the coaching staff after this year too, right? Yeah. So you know, yeah. who knows? That's just who, that's a given now these days. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, yeah. So I I think that uh, to me, kind of he's important, but we have I think you know for the first time in in quite a while, um, sort of a a quarterback coach that's just a quarterback coach that was a successful quarterback that's seen a lot 
he seems to really click with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you get a lot of you get a lot of nice reports about Angeli and Minchie and just the progress they've made since the yeah. spring. Yep. And you know, we may we may need them. Um, so I think that was a terrific hire. Um, I like the way the coaching staff is set up. I was going to mention special teams because we were really spoiled last year. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's yeah. unrealistic yeah. to yep. expect that kind of production from special teams. It's just, you know, it's just law of averages. It's just not going to mm-hmm. happen. It doesn't mean we, we, we're going to, you know, take a big step back in special teams. But I just think last year was so, you know, unusual in terms of the, the game impacting plays um, that they yeah. made. So, yeah. um, so that'll be, you know, I mean, I, I, I like what I read about this, uh, the kicker, obviously we're going to have some games where, you know, he's going to matter. Um, you know, he's a 70% kicker. He needs to be 85 for Notre Dame to mm-hmm. go 10 and two. Yeah. Um, so, yep. you know, all that matters. All right. Speaking of predictions, uh, coffee, I'll let you go first on the game. And then what do you, where do you think Notre Dame will end up for the year? Well, for the, our, in our contest, I, See, I always have to pick first because when I'm getting the code set up, I always put my pick in as a test. So <laughs> as of two weeks ago, I picked 38 to a 38 to 14 win. I'm thinking more maybe 44 to 14 at this point. Uh, but as far as record goes, I think they're going to finish 11 and 1. Wow. Whoa. Whoa I'd Michael love to see Bobby. that. Well, not sure who the it. one is yet, but <laughs> I know it's not going to be. Cle- I think Clemson's horribly overrated. It's not going to be Clemson, but it's going to be Duke. Yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> NC State. <laughs> or Pitt. Uh, Pitt scares uh, me a little Pitt bit. Pitt scares but, um, me. Yeah, Pitt always. Yeah, scares me. Um, Ed, what do you think? Oh wow. Um, as far as the score, I'm going to be a little bit contrarian. I'm going to. I think they're going to have a good year, but I think I think it's possible that they'll struggle a little bit Saturday on on offense, just kind of figuring some stuff out. Um, I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong, um, but I'm going to say that they that they're um, that they only win. Uh, I'm going to say like uh, 31 20, um, that it's a little tougher game than we think, um, but um, they'll make some pretty big leaps between week one and week two and week three. Um, and then as far as the season goes, I'm going to, I'm going to say nine and three, just because I think there's going to be so much, uh, the, the way their schedule, you know, their, their bye weeks don't come at great times. Um, they, you know, they play a lot of really tough games in a row, starting with, uh, Ohio state. Um, you know, I think there's going to be an injury or two. They've been injury free basically during camp. No, no significant you know, starter or player uh, has gotten bit by the injury bug so far. So I'm going to say nine and three because I think one of these, you know, a, a Duke and NC State, a, a Pitt, uh, you know, a Wake Forest uh, could pick them off. Um, I think it's just hard to maintain a level of excellence uh, for this team sort of, you know, six or seven consecutive weeks, which they're going to have to do. So um, again, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I think they'll, I think they'll be in every game. I think they'll be, you know, I, I don't think they're going to get blown off the field by Ohio State or USC or Clemson. That's for sure. And I think if they, you know, but I think they're going to have some luck that kind of goes against them. Um, and and that'll result yeah. in a couple a couple losses that we're really going to be bummed about. Yeah, I, I uh, 
a little more optimistic. I do think we got a shot at ten and two, but um, if if it ends up being nine and three, I wouldn't be terribly disappointed. Just for the reasons that I think you mentioned, if in fact we suffer a couple injuries at, at some key positions that we're just not able to afford, um, or as long as it's tight games and then it goes against us at the end of the game, then so be it. Um, but yeah, I, I I do think that um, you look at those those three key games, USC, Clemson, and Ohio State, it's it's going to be a little disappointing if we go one and three against those guys. You'd love to be able to, to somehow eke out two of those wins. And then I do think somebody like a Pitt or a Duke, you know, dependent, again, dependent upon the injury bug and all that, could sneak up and bite us, you know, for that second loss. Um, but anyways, um, having said that, I, I kind of do think we're going to air it out on Saturday. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a little bit more firepower on the offensive side of the ball, maybe 45. But I do think that Navy might put up as much as 28 with maybe one or two of those scores late in the game because we got some subs in. Um, but in any event, I'm, I kind of think I'm hoping we can see 45 points from this offense against that team and um i'd be happy as heck with that i'll take a w though to be honest with you i mean it 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 may be a struggle for us because it might take a while whether like you said on the offensive line figuring things out maybe guys are not as communicative as they thought um so you just never know what you're going to get in in a situation like this but in any event a w would be happy for me i'm not going to be disappointed well, we'll see. I think you guys have Brian Kelly PTSD myself, but you know that's neither here nor <laughs> At there. some point, we'll get the Brian Kelly this year, but I think we got to wait a couple games and then, we'll, um, and then we'll pivot. Uh, all right, good deal. You've been listening to Dome and Domer, an online conversation about Notre Dame sports from a fan's perspective. For Ed Jordanic and Mike Coffey, I'm Mike Brammer. Thanks for listening.